welcome to a special bonus episode of the Press Start Podcast, Press Start Australia's weekly video game discussion podcast. I'm your host, you and joined today by my fellow gamers and co-hosts, Kieran. Hello. Shannon. Hello. And James. Hello. We come to you today to discuss the Summer Game Fest Showcase, which we all got up right and early, or in some cases stayed up all night, uh, to watch in the early hours of this morning. Um... As we often do when we discuss showcases and events, most recently the PlayStation Showcase, I suppose, uh, I want to start by first asking you what you all thought about the showcase, just kind of top line in general, um, and then we can do the rounds and kind of uh, pick, pick each other's brains on what our highlights of the show were. Um, James, perhaps I will start with you. You did the write-up on all the big announcements from the, uh, from the showcase, so you've, I imagine your mind's kind of thinking of the event as a whole. What was your impression of the showcase (laughs) um it was fine i think like i had this like thing today i was thinking every time we say like it's average or like shit or like i don't know i don't think we've actually been like walled for a long time so like maybe this is Mm. just the new standard so like i don't know if it's fair to keep saying that there was like average but like i think overall it was okay like a solid pass for me like it's a five out of ten but um like, you know, I would let him do another show. <laughs> I'm glad <laughs> Jeff Keeley has your approval. <laughs> yeah, like it was know. also the first live in-person event. They started during uh, COVID with the lockdown, so they were kind of online-only sort of showcases initially. Yeah. Do you think it, there was any noticeable difference in having people in the room, like hearing people's reactions in the audience? Um, no, I didn't okay. feel that. I don't think there was like, I mean, I wasn't there obviously, so I can't talk about that as much, but like, sure. I, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't think there was anything to be honest that was like scream worthy. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't like, obviously <clears throat> we'll get into some of the stuff later that was kind of like big and exciting, but, um, yeah, like I don't think there was anything that was like super surprising. So yeah, like I didn't feel that anything was different. I don't even think I heard. Did we hear audience reactions in the stream? Yeah. I can't even. Rem- oh, did we? Okay. Yeah. Right. See, I, I think the biggest notice. one. I think the biggest one was just the when Jeff dropped the DoorDash ad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. 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 What a great little cool. moment that was. I'm well, so was glad. I'm so glad that that wasn't. Um, I'm so glad we got a Final Fantasy announcement after that in the end, because otherwise that would have been a really sore spot for the show. And I feel like taking it down a couple of points, but thank God that he had the announcement at the end of the show that Mm. he did. Um, Shannon, what about you? How did you feel the show was overall? Um, It was, it was okay. Like it was good. I felt like it was not as badly paced or as long as some of his other shows um, that like often go two and a half or three hours. Like, there, it was nice to have a few things that didn't leak, um, like, in terms of, like, big franchises. But I, I yeah. don't... Yeah, it, it probably needed a few big bangers. And I think we all had that vibe before it happened that, like, he wasn't hyping it up as much as he normally would. Um, and there, just, there wasn't really much talk about the show in general. So I feel like it was probably about what I expected. Um, like James said, yeah, it, it just was okay. Um yeah, I was. Yeah, I. I think. Um, I think it was fine. If I was to try and summarize up into one word, there was like enough announcements in there that I was jazzed about. That it wasn't. Um, like it wasn't a bust. Like I, it wasn't regretting getting up at five a.m. 
Eastern Standard Time to to watch it. Um, but yeah, I don't know if it didn't kind of feel like it packed as big a punch as we've kind of seen from E3s in years past. And maybe I again had like a my expectations wrong kind of going into this. I um, thought we might have seen more from the third parties, maybe more from PlayStation. I guess not Xbox, seeing as they got to showcase themselves. Um, but yeah, it's what what games they did announce. Whilst interesting, weren't the kind of big heavy hitters that I had hoped for. You remember, like yeah. our our predictions podcast. I was hoping we might see a Sony first party game we hadn't yet seen, and that wasn't the case. Um, I, th- I think it's just. It, I think this year it's probably being spread too thin. Um, I feel like if the PlayStation showcase and this one wished together as sort of one showcase, like if everything that was in both was in one of them, yeah, um, it, it would have been good, even really like, good. Even Capcom, like obviously they mm. have their own showcase later. Um, and I don't know if they planned that later or something, but obviously their contribution this time was like that exo weird exo primal trailer. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know what you mean by spreading thin. Like I feel like if, yeah. And, and it's like uh, starting to mention some of the announcements and Kieran, I'm conscious we haven't come to you for initial, uh, initial thoughts yet, but like if we hadn't heard about Spider-Man recently and we hadn't like seen what we'd seen of Alan Wake recently, I feel like this show and would Mortal have hit Kombat. a lot harder and Mortal Kombat. Exactly. Another good point. Mm. Um, had we not heard about those games like already in the past month, I, this would have been a very, very different showcase, but I don't know if that was that's just the nature of what Keeley's working with. The brands still want to own the conversation as much as they can and just offer a tidbit more for Keeley. Um, but yeah, I think he would have had a hell of a show had all of that not happened prior. Um, Kieran, though, before we delve deeper into the games and announcements themselves, how was your read of the show as a whole? Yeah, I thought I, I thought it was all right. Um, I think like. Probably, probably the best thing I can say about it is it was like mostly gameplay or mostly like in-engine kind of stuff. It wasn't there wasn't a lot of CGI present, which was good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like like everyone was saying, I, f- I feel like a lot of it just felt like the end of a conversation that we'd started earlier in other showcases, like like the Spider-Man release date, you know, like the Final Fantasy gameplay, the Mortal Kombat gameplay. It's like all this stuff that you know, they started talking about and then kind of stopped for a bit. And then we kind of got the end of it this morning. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know if like, I don't know if it's just like the prolonged release cycles that we're seeing in games now, but these shows just feel like things are being talked about every year. Whereas, you know, back in the, I guess the, the golden era of E3, it was like a new stuff every year. Um, yeah. or at least for the yeah. most part. So, it, it, you know, you kind of get the same games for two or three years at a time. And it, it that's, I think that takes away some of the, and I, the wow factor. Yeah, I feel like a lot of they're not like maybe developers and publishers are scared to announce games like three, four, five years out because we're not really getting those like announcements that you feel at three plus years in the future. Like everything feels like Kieran said stuff that we've seen for two or three years or it's out in January or February. Yeah, and we've also got more games as of service sort of things featuring as well, where it's like, okay, we've got Call of Duty and Fortnite back again this year with like their latest update, and even like Dying Light had an update. And um, whilst like that's big news for the communities that lap up every little bit of content for those games, for everyone else that has you know already parked that game or cast it from mind, 
um, it loses some of its appeal. Um, and yeah, you mentioned as well, Kieran, like having people up on stage, like as good as that is, I think it has to be quite sparing and like keep, keep people's time tight. I feel like Nicolas Cage, as fun as it was seeing him there, just did not need to be up on stage as long as he was. Um, and having Will Arnett like introduce the Twisted Metal trailer as well, I just didn't feel like that was necessary either. Um, anyhow, we've definitely touched on a lot of the announcements and the, the, the games that were up for discussion as part of the showcase. So I'm eager to kind of get into our highlights and lowlights even of the, the show. Uh, James, maybe I'll come back to you, just kick this off. What were you excited to see announced and shown off during the sh- showcase? Um, my one is pretty obvious, but I think it's Mortal Kombat. Just seeing Mortal Kombat in action mm-hmm. um, was really exciting. I don't, I still don't feel like it looked quite as like next genny as I'd like, but like I do think it fl- it flows better. It looks very good. Yeah. Um, it. What did you make of the whole cameo system? Um. Yeah. With fighting games, like you just need to kind of play it to get a get a vibe for how that works and, and stuff. Yeah. But I can definitely respect that. Like I, I can see where they're going with it. I think there's cool potential there to um, introduce characters who maybe haven't been in the spotlight for a while, but who they don't really think are popular enough to maybe put the time and effort in to make like a full character. Do you know what I mean? Um, Cause there's hundreds of characters now that they've made in the, all the games. Um, yeah. But I yeah, think we like, just heard I, Billy and Ollie putting in their addition to appeal as Mortal Kombat characters. <laughs> yeah. They do, do it. Guest DLC. <clears throat> um, but yeah, like, I I think it looks good. I th- I am excited to. I I like that for once they've actually announced it, and it's like three months away. Like I think we were talking about that before. Um, like that. Yes, they've been working on it for four years, and it's kind of remarkable that it didn't leak until like you know a few weeks before the announce. Yeah. Um, last. Do you month, know? I was thinking before. about this today because like as much as I love the kind of banger showcases that we've had in the past, where they announce like five years worth of games like in the space <clears> of an hour. I, there's kind of been a pushback on that as well at the same time. Like people saying, you know, only announce a game like six months out when it's ready and you're confident well, you can I've, hit the date. And it's like, maybe we kind of want the cake and to be able to eat it too. Like we want a <laughs> bit of both, both worlds. I think a good um, example of that is Microsoft. Um, like look at all of those games they've announced and we haven't really seen anything yeah. of for months, maybe well, even years. years and yeah. like, <clears throat> I guess I recognize that their strategy is going to be different given they're very subscription based. Mm. Um, but like, it definitely creates this almost an, like air of disappointment every show because like, yeah, you we've didn't got hear these anything more about first them. party games that we know exist, but we haven't heard anything about. Yeah. Um, so and like, people want to see them and new stuff in addition as well. Like, yeah. you don't just want to see those eight games; like, they want to see another five announced, and it's just not realistic. Yeah, even like Capcom now, like Resident Evil tends to get a six month gap between announcements. <laughs> we have another guest, another cameo. <laughs> <laughs> on the video podcast. Um, but Everything like happening with, in this bonus app. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. A bonus in itself, if you will. Um, <laughs> nah, so um, what was I talking about? Uh, now I've lost my train of thought. Yeah. We want some Maccas now. From, and six months from announcement to release is good. I hope that that happens in the future for most games. Yeah, yeah. It was pleasing to see some re- release dates attached to a lot of the, the games that were discussed as part of this as well. So many um, vague, though, end of 2023 games. Have yeah. you got, like, noticed that? Like, so, like Yeah, that's fair. Like, less than six months away, but you haven't dated it. Like, I I, find that I'll really take a weird. window over nothing, though. Like, I would rather True. a window than just silence on it. Um, getting like, getting a release date be... for Witchfire I was excited for. 
Yeah, yeah, I know you. Uh, are. Even if it's early access, but yeah, okay. I'm excited about Witchfire. You're allowed to be. I'm not saying <laughs> anything, mate. Relax. <laughs> but uh, like, even like Warhammer, it's like it's coming up before the end of August, but like it's June. Yeah, that's like, yeah, like, that's weird to me. Like, yeah, but yeah. Well, like on the topic of things, I was also excited about. I want to shout out Lies of P as well. That game continues to look really cool. Um, Bloodborne is one of only a couple of uh, Souls games that I've kind of dabbled with. Um, and this obviously looks very, very similar, both kind of in terms of gameplay and aesthetics and tone. Um, and I've got the demo downloaded now and installed, but haven't yet had opportunity to give it a go, obviously. Um, but yeah, looking forward to that. Kieran, your mic is spicy today. It's doing something different every time. <laughs> I appreciate really? you muting. Yeah, I appreciate you muting it and unmuting it. <laughs> Guys, this is a bonus episode, right? There's no it rules. The There's no rules in, in this now. one. This, this is a freebie. <laughs> um, Kieran, I am coming your way. What were some of your highlights from the show? Well, I mean, hopefully this comes through, all right. But um, I obviously like Final Fantasy uh, Seven Rebirth was big. Um, and that was that was cool to see like a lot of in-game stuff and a lot of hints at like what you know story and gameplay implications are going to be in it. So that was cool. Um, yeah. And also, Sonic Superstars was a nice surprise, I think. Yeah. Um, like I do love a traditional two D side-scrolling Sonic game, and it looks pretty as hell. So that's that's a plus. Um, but yeah, other than that, like again, like a lot of the stuff is just like stuff we already knew existed. Um, so yeah. it was just again cool to see like uh like a dragon guide and getting a release date for that was good yeah um that looks that looks sick uh was that this year as well or next year yeah it's in yeah november wow. so two from that series in one year which is cool going back to final fantasy um besides the kind of noticeable thing of it being on two di- discs i think um like uh i nearly said a different word discs discs um you guys might have to explain to me like how this is all shaking out because obviously I'm a newcomer to Final Fantasy. Um, Seven Remake was the first, might have been the first Final Fantasy game. No, I played 15. Um, one of the only a couple of Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy games I've played to completion. Um, but like I didn't have the history with mm. Seven and understand like what they had done differently with the story and what these like weird paranormal ghosts were doing and like messing with timelines and stuff. So like, help me out. Like how how are you making sense of this rebirth trailer and how it's impact influencing the story going forward? Well, I'm not because I never finished Final Fantasy VII originally. Like, right. Okay. Remake is probably the most I know about that game out of everything and everything else in the series. So it's uncharted territory for you as well. Yeah, well, a little bit, which is that. exciting. See, yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's like the only one that I haven't properly played. <clears throat> yeah, right. Um, this is this is to me the thing about like FF Seven Remake is like it almost isn't a remake. It feels more like a sequel in yeah. a lot of ways. Um. Which, like, I've, I've seen people describing almost like an alternate dimension version of it as well. Well, like, like we don't we don't quite know what they're doing yet, but like they are definitely not following the original game. Um, yeah. So like, which like to me it's like kind of like I mean it's not really a remake anymore, right? It's called Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. I guess that's that's maybe the technicality, a rebirth-y, if you will. <clears throat> well, yeah. Like I just I don't know. 
I, I think it'll be interesting to see something else. And obviously, like, I've gone through, like, most of my life, like, with the story of FF7 in my head. And yeah. obviously, this has flipped that on. The, and that was good for me. Like, that's what that's probably the thing I liked the most about FF7 Remake. Like, I, there were aspects I hated about it. But, like, overall, like, I think it did a pretty good job. Yeah. Um. We all agreed but, that, that that train yard scene went on for too long. But. Awful. Like, and that's what I hope. That, I hope that now that they've got to that bit where, like, because admittedly that first section of the game is to, to expand that to a whole game was a stretch. Yeah. Um, and I've already talked about at length how I feel about how it builds up the villain. But, like, yeah, <clears throat> yeah like, this, this new trailer, it's exciting to see, like, just the stuff that I remember um, yeah. in, like, these crazy graphics. It's the stuff that you kind of, like, always saw or thought about. Um, online, but never actually happened. Um, yeah, I just like I just like the mental image that you've just gone through your entire life, just like always thinking about the story of Final Fantasy. <laughs> no, like, what I mean is, like, I mean, obviously, I didn't, <laughs> obviously, I didn't word that. You know what I mean? Like, I I, I played that game when I was yeah. what, like twelve or something, and like twenty on you twenty have a years on, nostalgic like, memory like, of it. Not way. even nostalgic. It's just like in my head, like that's what Final Fantasy VII is leave. about. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I will say, like, g- given the um, the affinity people have with Final Fantasy VII, and I guess like its place in the history of like video games, like it's kind of people often talk to it about being one of the best games of all time. Like, I kind of wanted an unfiltered experience, I guess. And I was kind of hoping that's what this remake was going to be. It was like a a modern retelling of that story. And the fact that it's deviated seemingly as much as it has. It's like dramatically a little bit. Like it actually makes me wonder what they're going to do with some major stuff towards the end. Like I actually don't. And and that's the thing. Like everyone talks about this big moment in this story that miraculously I've never had spoiled for me. Like I know there's like Like a big event, but I don't know what it is. And I I don't like we've, We've ascertained that didn't happen in the first remake, right? Like that was no, it was, and it was never yeah. meant to happen in the first air section anyway. Like it's, it's yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that'll change, but I could be wrong. But yeah, and that's I, the kind that, of thing I was looking forward to, like this big, <clears throat> like experiencing this for the first time, and it seems yeah. that's not the case. We've got Billy. That's the thing that that's why, like, I argue <laughs> that this isn't necessarily like the best way to approach a remake. Like, I don't, I, yeah. yeah, that's obviously another topic, but um. Yeah, like, but then also, like, you and, like, you used to always read all of these crazy rumors of things, like, you could, you'd have to do certain things throughout the story to make this event not happen. Do you know what I mean? Like, you used to read all these, like, there was, like, urban legends and, like... So they're kind of playing with the fandom of it a little bit as well. Yeah, like, and now now to actually maybe see that realized is also quite exciting, like, as somebody who, once again, has grown up with that story and that's how it's played out. But, yeah, Yeah. I don't even think that'll happen in this um, game, potentially. No, Did anyone else yeah. find the whole two disc thing like weird that they would call that yeah. as like a badge of honor almost? Like when I think that's considering really cool you download most reasons. things anyway, I just like imagine it as being like the first part of the unlock code on the first disc and the second. But like, part how can you second. even know this early that you're not going to get it down to like one disc? I think it's all marketing. Um, well, yeah. I yeah. think it makes you think you're getting a big game a bi- first of yeah. all. Yeah, when it's they're the first double into disc three game games on. It's the first double disc game on PS5, um, and like, I, yeah, I I think that is just all marketing for sure. Yeah. Like, I I'd rather they include another SSD to help with my storage <laughs> space in my PS5. Yeah. <laughs> would be like it's got it's got a nostalgic aspect as well of like you know the old school Final yeah. Fantasy games being on multiple discs. Yeah. So I guess is that maybe the second disc is just the soundtrack. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, yeah, I like I that. I don't know. But then I'm old, so like, it's like, 
They used to be four discs, you know. The first one was two discs, on, wasn't it? On PS4. No, three. Three. Oh, yeah. No, no PS4. Was I guess two. in the Sorry. PS4 yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Uh, all right. Well, continue to go around the grounds. Shannon, what was some of your highlights from the showcase? Anything we haven't mentioned yet? Um, I don't know if anyone's mentioned Prince of Persia. I, I like the look of that, no, having just watched it again. I don't know if it was like opening material, like, and I just think the Prince of Persia in the last few years has had a really weird time, just with what we've spoken about with, with Sands of Time remake and, and things like that. So it was a nice surprise and it didn't leak at all to my knowledge. So that was cool. And it does mm-hmm. look really good. Um, for what it is obviously spider-man like it was cool to get that release date um and and some more info and the collector's edition and things like that yeah um and i the do other but just one... on that sorry yeah. Ocean, just on no. that like i love how these kind of um big sort of mainstay franchises that have kind of gone and done like 3d things have like returned back towards its roots a little bit like metroid dread obviously sort of being one of them um even within the showcase we saw sonic superstars too which i thought looks really cool um uh prince of persia we've got as well and i think it's that that's like by the team that made rayman legends if i'm not mistaken um which again um uh is a bit of confidence i suppose for the game um but yeah i like i I like that these franchises are going going back to the roots somewhat. Pleased to see. Yeah, for sure. And and John Carpenter's Toxic Commando like mm. looked like fun and looked like one of the better zombie games um that we've seen in recent times just going off that trailer. So yeah, yeah, there was a lot like scrolling down the list like there wasn't much that I didn't think that I didn't like the look of in terms of looking cool or piquing my interest in some way, but yeah. There was lots of like fantasy games, so lots of mobile fantasy games. Like, just didn't speak to me terribly much. Um, the the Lord of the Rings games, Return to Moria, that looks like Deep Rock Galactic meets Lord of the Rings. Like, sounds like a neat premise, but the trailer didn't do a lot for me. Um, yeah, the John Carpenter game, though, Toxic Commando. Do you see that being more of a Days Gone style thing or a Left for Dead? I think it'd be like Left 4 Dead, which I don't yeah. feel like anything has really done well. Like Back for Blood was kind yeah. of a miss. I Should can't think it. of what else, but I feel like there's been a few others that have come out and tried to capture that same feel and, and have, have fallen flat. Um, the other one yeah. was Alan Wake 2. I don't know if anyone's touched mm. on that, but just I know, again, we did see it a few weeks ago and like we we're already all sold, but like the gameplay, it looked Alan Wakey, like bit bit how it should in in 2023 so i think definitely keen for that one yeah that was going to be the last one i was going to touch on so i'm glad you mentioned it um obviously i don't have a history with alan wake i feel like i say that about every game that comes up um uh but yeah i was pleased to see sam lake come out on stage didn't know it was norwegian that was i you were very i was take, i was taking it back yeah Finish, Finish sorry. Scandinavian someone. <laughs> um, uh, I must have heard him talk before, but just never put that. I don't know. Um, anyhow, the trailer looks great. I was pleased to see that it's like welcoming for newcomers, kind of starting the game with a new character that they're introducing. Um, she's kind of new and fresh to this supernatural goings on. Um, so yeah. it sounds like that she's going to be a bit of a vehicle for new players to kind of come yeah, into the game. Like and that. the fact that you can That's switch smart. between those two characters and progress the story how you want kind of based on who you choose to play at any given moment. It's kind of cool. It wasn't clear to me if that was like 
um, GTA-esque switch at any time or if it had kind of key moments in the story where you had the opportunity to switch over. But it does sound like there's some player agency one way or another there. Um, And yeah, the trailer, seeing like some of the gameplay looked really good as um as james pointed out like heavily influenced of resident evil there as well and no you all knowing that i've become quite a fan of that recent years that spoke to me a lot so yeah pleased by like the cult angles and the spookiness of it um i'm sure this is going to be one i play when it comes out i had planned to play alan wake remastered before it does come out i might still yet do that but good to know that if other games compete for my time i don't need to worry about it um cool well, I think that's kind of all the key stuff spoken about. Plenty more other announcements there. If you're into your kind of comfy, cozy gamers, um, Fae Farm looks very much up your sort of street. Um, and there were some interesting looking indie games as well with Under the Waves, I thought looked really quite interesting. The Diablo-like um, one looked good too. But I can't remember what that was. Path of Exile. Was it Path of Exile? Yes. Two? Yeah. Yeah, that did look quite good as well. Reminded me I want to go back to Diablo desperately as well. Um, and Yes, Your Grace Snowfall, that was the other one I wanted to shout out. It had a really nice looking pixel art aesthetic too. Um, so yeah, there was a fair few announcements. None of the heavy sort of hitters, but I think all in all a pretty decent showcase. And James, you wanted me to remind everyone there's no what the wiki this episode because it's a bonus episode. Scheduling-wise, I think we'll probably do another episode next week once we have Brody back. He's over there at Summer Games Fest um, at the moment. Can I say that, Shannon? You're looking at me funny. Do I need to? No, no I can say that. You I can't can, say yeah, that? Yeah, okay. you can say that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll have Brody on the show next week to hear about having gone hands-on with some of these games. Um, but until then... Happy gaming. Bye. Bye.